Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508 508- 252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dpetro.com. It's Thursday, it is December 8th, and we're going to see where things are going to go with Governor McKee and his homeless problem. So, and but I say homeless problem is, well, they, they definitely have caught the homeless advocates off guard by telling them they can't stay at the State House. And I want to be very clear, they, they don't belong at the State House. They never should have been at the State House. This was allowed to go on. The advocates now, I've been questioning how do we really know how many people there are. You know, folks, there's a point where it's starting to, it comes off as ridiculous that these are grown adults and making all those demands. A big part of this, as I've talked about, is the demands they make and people that are making these demands, such as we want hotel vouchers, we want this, we want that. We want couples to be able to stay together in the shelter. All these different demands and all these different encampments. And let's be very clear. This is just for the next couple of months. But Governor McKee made a very loud statement. You know, he had been saying they were going to move 500 of these pallets, homeless pallets, into Cranston. And Cranston Mayor Hopkins to his credit, and also two council people spoke up and said, whoa, 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 we already have a lot of homeless people in Cranston. We don't need to have these pallets being set up, a mini village. And so what did Governor McKee do? He's sending a loud message. You know, the whole element of not in my backyard, um, that's coming through loud and clear with the fact they're moving them out. By the way, I, I want to be really clear. I'm not saying they should stay there. I'm saying they never should have been there. This thing is political. It's always, it has been political. It was made political last fall. And let's also be honest, Governor McKee didn't do anything because of the fact of the overtones of the election. But last year, when he had the tree lighting ceremony, they were outside. And that caused a problem with, at the time, it was the co-op collaborative so i think people listen by and large people are sympathetic some of the demands some of these homeless advocates are making you know we want 15 million dollars and i think they said and we want that for 800 people well who are these people and how is that money accounted for and there's a difference as i've said this is beyond band-aids um I don't hear anyone talking about getting these people working and what the, the, I want you to understand like everyone else, you want to have safety nets. We are the United States of America. You hate to think that there are people and various people that sometimes, as we say, fall on hard times. And the next thing you know, uh, they find themselves on the street. Many times it could be someone, you know, it could be a family member. It could be a friend. They are, uh, there's all kinds of different situations. I'm in no way, uh, you know, I, I don't not understand. I, I've had people say that 
they ran into a, a terrible problem with addiction and there were homeless advocates that literally saved their life. So I understand that. But you have to understand there is a huge difference of what's going on. We're going to talk about that and a lot more right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. And then you can always um, you can always listen online, as we'd like to say, at the website, which is depetro.com. Now, certainly a lot of questions right now with exactly what's happening regarding the Republican Party. And I think they people are starting to question the direction of the party um, this all does fall under the loss especially of the senate um, so it it doesn't it doesn't bode well something needs to change the current decisions that are being made um I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Trump campaign. Uh, because right now, you know, as the Wall Street Journal put, points out, if you take out 2016, President Trump had a bad election cycle in 2018. He had a bad election cycle in 2020. And he had a bad election cycle in 2022. So he's been involved in four election cycles. 2016, he was successful. We know what happened in the other three. Something needs to be done. Um, I I think right now they are smart to kind of, um, they're smart to let him kind of lay low. And develop a plan of exactly where he wants to go with his campaign. I think that's the most important thing. So folks, we're going to talk with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401 942 7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401 942 7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service matthews oil company 401-942-7500 folks you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website 
DuPetro.com. Joining us right now, time for our legal segment. He is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's start off with uh, we've had this situation, unhoused individuals, some that are unhoused, homeless, others are advocates. But camping out at the state house, you know, this started last fall and then it would periodically go out throughout go on throughout the year. But um, but on Wednesday morning, staff from the governor's office went and basically handed out sheets of paper to them, telling them that the state house plaza, if you will, and Smith Street must be cleared out. Uh, they'll give you a ride to a shelter. They'll take your belongings. They'll offer you transportation. But they want them out of there. Now, what's also interesting about this, Tim Dodd, is they cite this provision, which I believed was in place. I know it was a year ago. Where you're, you're not supposed to sleep overnight at the state house. These people are saying they're protesting. But at first blush, how does this look to you? Are they going to be able to successfully remove these people out of there? Well, I think legally, at the end of the day, the state has the right to move this encampment out, John. Um, they have no tenants' rights. They are not squatters by definition. They are simply trespassers. Of course, it's, it's a public space. It's the state house. But when they stay beyond the terms of what this local ordinance says about sleeping over on state house grounds, whether you're sleeping or whether you're awake all night protesting, um, I believe that activity is properly something that the state can move in to remove these folks. I expect that before Friday, um, there'll be some move made in the district court or potentially the superior court to get some sort of a restraining order um, to stop this all from happening. Um, that would be a situation where I think the courts would be, uh, the, uh, the plaintiffs in such a case would be preying on the court's uh, sympathies uh, more than the applicable law. Um, you know, we're approaching Christmas time. The shelters are all full. There are certain logistical problems in getting these folks, once they're moved off the statehouse grounds, into appropriate facilities. Um, but I don't think the state and its employees and uh, the governor and the state house um, have the magic answer to all the societal problems that right. result in this type of homelessness or unhousedness or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, might they get a short reprieve? Might they get a stay if they file something in court? I know they're looking into it. They might get a, a short reprieve so that they are allowed to fully brief the case um, you know, they would look at that as a victory that they beat the system. They're getting to stay. But at the end of the day, whether it's Friday or a week from Friday or two weeks from Friday, um, I think legally, um, the state has the right to remove this encampment from the state house grounds because of the, um, the law, the rule, the ordinance, whatever it is that says you can't sleep overnight on state house grounds. Tim Dodd, it, it essentially they're just going to enforce the law. What about the argument of, hey, you've, you've let us do it this this long. You can't start enforcing it now. Well, that's not a legal argument. Um, <laughs> no, to, to say that you've sat on your rights and therefore you waive your rights um, uh, is not a winning legal argument. Again, it might be good fodder for the media. It might be a good soundbite for the six o'clock news, but it's not a good legal argument. And finally, when, when these individuals, because not all of, them, all of them are homeless, some of them are homeless advocates that are protesting, but when they say, you know, you have no right to kick me out of my home, just because someone puts up a tent on state property, that doesn't make it their domicile or home. That just happens to be where they set up a tent for that particular day or night or week or whatever it is. No, it's, it's, it's not a home. And even if it is a home, I guess you could drive around the country pulling a trailer you yep. know, and say, that's my home. Oh, good for you. That's your mm. home. But it right. doesn't give you rights to the ground under which you are putting your tent or your trailer or your RV. So just because it's the place that they say is home doesn't give them rights to stay on property that they don't own and have Folks, no, ten no tenancy, 
yep. you know, they have no legal color of the law to be there. It's, it's seemingly more Tim Dodd, just at different times, the state seems somewhat lax in removing them from whether it's an underpass or wherever. But ultimately, the side is on the state of the law, the governor, uh, the, the, what have you at the state house. They have the right to move these people out of there. Well, yeah, John, and yeah. I think that during this election cycle, these folks who were staying on uh, the state house grounds had a pretty good idea that nothing would happen to them till after right. the election because sure. no politician would want to be seen as the person uh, moving them all out. Yeah. But the election's over. Folks, again, we'll speak with our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, our next story moves us to Cranston. There's a young woman, college student apparently. Um, she's an amputee. And she goes to this salon on Atwood Avenue, I believe. And then um, they have some kind of a program where you go a certain number of times and they stamp your card. Well, she's going and she gets a manicure. And then the, the person at the salon says, well, you don't qualify because we only do one, one hand of yours because you are an amputee. You don't have two hands. Is there, they're not trying to claim that it was, you know, a communication uh, mishap, what have you, but is there some kind of, is that an element of discrimination that that they're saying, well, you know, you don't qualify for the program because you only have one hand that we're doing the manicure for? Well, the, the, um, the news article was a little confusing. Yeah. And if it's been reported accurately, I don't think this is truly a case of discrimination. From what I understand is this young lady, as a baby, because of some infection, had to have one of her hands um, um, surgically amputated. So now she goes in periodically to this nail salon and has whatever they do, um, nail polish, the the whole manicure deal. Now, apparently, she pays half the price because obviously she's having half of the work done. And apparently they have some sort of a frequent guest program where they stamp a card. Right. And apparently they do, they stamp her card every other time, which all seems pretty equitable. Hey, we're working on not two hands, one hand, we'll charge you half. Hey, you know, you're not getting the full service, so we'll stamp your card every other time you come in. That all seems like a reasonable accommodation now, the, the complaining individual says that when she presented her card or asked for the discount, the young person who was giving her the manicure said, no, we only give that to people with two hands. Now, <laughs> I, I, I find it difficult to believe that such a blunt statement would be yeah. made. Now, the owner of this nail salon jumps in and says, this was a language issue. Right. This was a miscommunication issue. Now, I'm not about to generalize about the ownership of the salon or who works in these salons, but I know a lot of times the salon workers, English is certainly not their first language. No. And the words spoken could have been garbled in the translation, but it sounds like this business has worked with this young lady who has unfortunately just the one hand worked with her. So we'll charge you half. We'll stamp your card every other time you come in. It doesn't sound like a place which is practicing discrimination. And, you know, the owner said, why don't you come in? We'll have a sit down. We'll talk. We'll make it right. Uh, The young lady says, I don't know that I'll go back there, but, it does sound like a business that's made a good faith attempt to deal with a somewhat unusual situation yeah. and perhaps had an employee with a language issue who don't, didn't quite say the words in the right way, but said those words, it seems to me, without a discriminatory intent. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401-732-1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401 732 
1730. Licensed and insured, contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401-732-1730. Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. We're speaking with our legal analyst, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story about CVS, I think this is interesting because many times, different times of the year you go in, and whether it's CVS or other places, but I certainly notice it with CVS where they say, oh, and you just press that button if you want to round up or if you want to give the change or whatever it is, donate to um, whoever the charity may be. I always just decline it because I, I, I just I do enough on my, on my own with various charities. But anyhow, but apparently there's a lawsuit being challenged in CVS that didn't get a lot of attention. And if I understand this properly, the way it, it's framed is that they guarantee a certain charity, we're going to give you $10 million. And then, so when the people are donating, it's actually not CVS, it's coming from from their customers. And that, it doesn't seem like it's fully explained or vetted out. So take take us through that a little bit. It, it clearly is not explained and, no. and, and made clear to individual shopping. As you correctly said, this is one of these deals where you go to the register, you swipe your credit card, there's the button, do you want to round up? Then there's another screen that'll say, do you want to donate? I believe in CVS's case, um, it was the American Diabetes Foundation. And the, the difficulty for CVS is they made a corporate commitment to the national ADA over the course of three years to donate, I think it's $10 million to um, the American Diabetes um, Association. I think it's ADA. So one would think from corporate accounts, corporate profits, corporate whatever, over the three-year period, they're going to donate a total of 10 mil. Now, what happens is customer goes into CVS, they press the button that says, yes, I'd like to round up and donate you know, up to the next dollar to the ADA. So one would think, well, then my money is going to go through CVS, but directly to the ADA. But CVS has that money go into an account, and that's the money that CVS is using to pay their $10 million obligation. Right. It seems to me that CVS, standing alone, owes the ADA $10 million. And then whatever customers choose to donate is a separate tranche of money and that tranche of money should not be utilized to offset CVS's $10 million obligation. It does appear to be a um, deceptive, at the very least, if not fraudulent, practice that CVS is using. You know, they got their customers ponying up what they think is a direct contribution, and it's being used to pay CVS's obligation, which right. seems completely inequitable. Yeah, and if anything, Tim Dodd, it would seem that that they that the money would be on top of what CVS is already donating. Not in essence, it's they make the commitment and then the customers fulfill that. And they fulfill it not knowing that that's what's happening. That's Correct. that's the deceptive or misleading huh. part. Is it fraud? Um, you know, the lawyers for CVS say, well, if you go to our website and you look at what we're doing, you would understand that when you make these contributions you know, that it's going through the CVS portal, so to speak. But if you're at the register and you're being asked to donate to the ADA, you don't have any of that background material. You just think if you press the button that, you know, the change that's part of your bill and you're running up to the, the next dollar or what, however they do it is going directly to the ADA. And it's not. No. So... It's actually it seems helping. complete. Yeah, it's completely yeah. unfair. 
and it does seem like a like a bait and switch. Is it fraud per se? Not sure. Is it misrepresentation? Looks like it. Is it deceptive? Certainly looks like it. Yeah. Um, and I think that the lawsuit has legs. I think you know many times corporations, you know, poo poo these lawsuits. Oh, this is frivolous. Oh, there's no case here. I think there's a case here. Yeah. And, and on top of that, um, it's not like I don't believe the individuals looking for money. They just want this clarified. And a number of people lit up. They started, I think it was an MIT student that brought this out on uh, on Twitter. Tim Dodd, th- this uh, next case. Now, we had talked about this when it happened. This was in the the aftermath of whole varsity blues, the college scandal where parents were were paying this individual to get them in. We also then you know, Gordy Ernst, we, we talked about this. This case, though, uh, in, in credit to, it was really from the Boston Globe and, and someone that tipped them off on a home that sold way beyond seemingly what it, what it was worth. And now that we're starting to peel this back with this fencing coach uh, that was at Harvard that uh, then got ended up getting this condo at Cambridge, and you have this very successful man that wanted his two sons to get in, and... Um, and so the trial is is happening right now with Peter Brandt. And and it's interesting as we're finding, talk about no honor among thieves, but we're starting to dig in a little bit with um, with inside the, the case and some of the, the goings on in the background. Yep, this, this case goes back to 2019. And when the story first broke, it was really a head scratcher. Like, here, mm-hmm. uh, you're right. Peter Brand is the Harvard fencing coach. And this guy from, um, I think, Maryland, his yep. name is Jack Zhao, wanted right. to get his two boys into Harvard as uh, and get on the fencing team. So Peter Brand starts, it, it would appear, or it's alleged, that he was shaking down Zhao and getting into this deal to get kickbacks and money. And this individual who was also in the fencing world named Alexander Rijak, right. Rijak, I think, R-Y-J-I-K, yes. um, was sort of the intermediary. So Zhao, the guy that wants to get his kids into Harvard, does the following. This Peter Brand had a house somewhere in the Massachusetts suburbs worth, yep. let's say, 400000 Zhao comes along and pays him like 950000 Excuse me, which makes no sense. Needham. No sense. The house was in Needham. Yeah. So obviously, when he buys this house for way, way over fair market value, yeah. Brand gets to pocket about a half a million dollars. Oh. Now, Zhao says, Well, I did it because I wanted to get the guy enough money so he could buy a house closer to campus or some ridiculous story. The proof that this was all a scam was that Zhao sold the house like two years later for like $200,000 and took a loss of a couple of hundred thousand dollars from the original purchase price. It was all preposterous. Now, Brand then started shaking Zhao down saying, I want $7.5 million to get this done. Um, Zhao was funneling money through this guy, Rijek. And Rijek only turned over $100,000 to Peter Brand. Peter Brand starts emailing like an idiot, putting it all in writing. Where's the rest of my money? I want my money. This has to be worth my while to be doing all of this. And naturally, the prosecutors have all of the texts, all of the emails, and it's pretty apparent that Zhao was lavishing money and gifts on this guy, Peter Brand. The coach. Yeah. The coach um, to curry favor to get his two kids into um, Harvard oh. to be on the fencing team. Now, Zhao said I was just trying to be helpful. Um, I, I don't think their defense what I've been reading so far is holding water. It would seem to me that Brand and Zhao are likely to not do so well when the jury comes back on this thing. The middleman, Alexander Rijek, um, he got an immunity deal. So yeah. he's not going to go to jail or be prosecuted. 
in exchange for his testimony. Now, he flipped. And as we know, the people that flip typically get the best deals. That's been the history of this whole um, Varsity Blues case. Yes. So the defendant's main thing is to beat up on this guy, Alexander Rejic, and say that, you know, you're lying. You'll say anything to keep yourself out of jail. Um, Naturally, this guy who's the middleman denies it. Oh, no, I'm not doing it for that reason. But it seems to me that the paper trail of preposterous, you know, paying way over market as a way to bribe brand by buying sure. his house for huge dollars. Yeah. Brand putting in writing how he wants the rest of his bribe paid mm. to him. You know, what do we say frequently on your show? If you put it in an email, if you put it in a text, if you put it it's there forever so before you hit that send button make sure that you'd be happy for the rest of the world to see what it is you're you're typing about and i think that the 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 chain of correspondence in writing between brand and rejic as well as this guy zhao is what's going to lead to brand and zhao not being happy with the jury's outcome the coach and the father, just for everyone. Yes, the coach. What about this business within the father says, Hey, I was just letting, you know, we're friends. I, I was lending him some money. He repaid it. That sounds like something that anytime someone gets caught in a, a bribery situation, they could just say, Oh no, no, I, I was just lending him the, the, the money. He was then going to pay me back and so forth. Any, any thought if the, I, I don't, I don't know how that holds up. This will never hold up in this case. No. There was a case no. a few months back, if you'll recall, where a dad was acquitted. Yes. And, the, and what his deal was is he was a wealthy guy. Yep. And he said, hey, this college favors accepting the children of wealthy parents and parents who donate substantially to the university. Yep. So he could say that wasn't a bribe. I was making a gift to the college to induce them to accept my kid. Now, this happens at colleges all over the country. Correct. And that's never seen as a bribe, but no. it kind of is. The parents, yes. oh, guess what? I'm going to endow this chair yeah. in, the, uh, in the history yeah. department. How much does it cost to endow a chair? A million dollars. Here's your check for a mill. Was my that's kid right. going to get in? Sure, your yeah. kid's in. So it's kind of a different side of the same coin where that sort of financial contribution is not seen as a bribe, but as a gift or an inducement. Um, it is different, but they are kind of the two sides of the same coin, one being mm. criminal, one being not criminal, but this is the type of thing that goes on in higher education. Yeah. I also, um, for the break, just want to point out to, listeners that uh the, this middleman talk about no honor among thieves so the the father donates one million to the middleman's charity and then he only gives one hundred thousand to the coach and says no i'm keeping the other nine hundred thousand so I, at that point what what is what is the the coach going to do go to the police and say hey that guy he kept my one million dollar bribe much more ahead with attorney tim dodd right here on the john DePietro show <laughs> The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. We're speaking with our legal analyst, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story, you know, it seemed pretty clear-cut, clean-cut at, at, at the very beginning. It was a woman ran into a liquor store on Broad Street, uh, leaves a car running, and then this passerby said as he got distracted in his car, he suddenly saw the car drive off, and he realized the car had been stolen. Good Samaritan starts following the car, I think calls 911, uh, tells the police, yeah, that's, you know, I saw the guy run into the mall. And the child's in the back seat, so everyone's happy. And then he positively identifies, that's the guy that I saw run 
out of the car. The police grab him. He's held overnight. They bring him in court the next day. Good Samaritan is seen as a hero. They go back. The guy they grabbed said, I, you got, you, guys, you got this wrong. I was inside the mall the whole time. Check the video. It wasn't me. I was in the mall. Uh, and, and he is irate. And it turns out they had to cut him loose. He was, in fact, inside uh, Providence Place Mall. So the suspect is still out there. Tim Dodd, could this individual, I think he's from East Providence, uh, no, from Providence Branch Avenue, that he, you know, was detained, picture, video of him on television. Could he potentially have, you know, could he have a suit against uh, the city or the Providence police for, for that? Well, anyone can sue anyone for anything, sure. but do I think he has a particularly good case? Not, not really. Mm. I mean, the cases that turn into big numbers is when the wrong person is taken to trial uh, and is found guilty and is in jail for 10 or 20 or 30 years right? Uh, based upon, you know, um, many times, for instance, I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but let's take Beaver Tempest's case. Yep. He's saying that he got convicted, you know, 25 years ago or whatever it was, because the cops phoned up the evidence and intimidated witnesses. Now, if in fact a defendant loses at trial, is sentenced to prison, and it's ultimately determined that you know the cops were dirty, they they phonied up the evidence, they intimidated the witnesses, etc. That person, if and when they get out of jail because the system realizes that it made a mistake, that type of person should be well compensated because they've lost years of their life. In this case, there was every reason to think that this was the same guy. I think that one of the cops who took this particularly seriously, do we have the right guy or not? What, what is this? Um, noticed that the guy in the video from the liquor store and the guy that they ultimately arrested and there was video of him in the, in the mall looked very, very, very similar. The same size, same height, same mm. look, same hair, same skin tone, same clothing but they had different sneakers. Huh. So a cop spent the extra time to say, uh-oh, yeah. the guy in the video from the convenience store has this type of footwear. The guy in the mall, the guy that we picked up, has this kind of footwear, something different. And that was, I think, the final piece of information which led the, the cops to say, we're letting this guy go, we're dropping the charges, he's the wrong guy. Hmm. Um, which was obviously the right thing to do. Unfortunately, right. the real suspect is still out there somewhere. Tim Dodd, Michael Avenatti, 14. Did, did you, did, were you surprised at how much jail time uh, disgraced attorney Michael Avenatti? Had, in the beginning, he was on CNN. He was going to run for president. He had Stormy Daniels as his client. Uh, he was everywhere at one point. What a media blitz. Are you surprised the amount of time he's getting? No. Um, it, it, there's many factors that go into these cases, especially when it's a lawyer who is the defendant and is accused of taking money. Let's And it never makes it right, but it's mitigating. Let's assume lawyer <clears throat> um, embezzles money from a client. It's a crime. That lawyer should go to jail. But if the lawyer says, listen, you know, my kid was sick and I had extraordinary medical bills and I didn't know what else to do. You know, that, that's something that's an extenuating circumstance. It doesn't forgive the conduct, but it's mitigating. The judge in this case said, you weren't doing any of those things. You weren't supporting your children. You weren't sending them to school. You weren't supporting a family. You weren't supporting your parents. You stole all this money from people. And some of the people had mental infirmities, physical infirmities, um, permanent injuries from um, significant personal injury settlements and you stole their money for the simple purpose of living a lavish lifestyle to have a big house to have a private jet to have all the toys and the accoutrements and live a lavish lifestyle that's why he got dinged john for such a significant uh, criminal sentence and he represented himself he ran out of money so he's representing himself at trial and even though he's already in jail for a five-year bid on one of the other uh, trials that he went through, 
you know, he comes across as arrogant, um, high-handed, not contrite, not apologetic, none of those things. And I think that his conduct in the courtroom, coupled with what he did with the money that he stole from these people who had been badly injured, um, led the judge to throw the book at him, so to speak. And I think the judge was well within his rights to do so because, you know, this is a bad guy. Folks, we're speaking with our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, how serious is this defamation suit against Fox? It sounds like it's it's uh, growing increasingly uh, tension between the two camps. Well, the media likes to say that it's going somewhere because it serves a narrative. But putting that aside, it's the same issue that um, Dominion is going to have to a degree as um, uh, Devin Nunes is going to have. It's the same problem that Sarah Palin had when she brought a defamation lawsuit Um there's got to be a showing in a case like this, I believe, if the media is allegedly um, um, slandering someone or a company like Dominion, is to show actual malice. Now, I haven't gone back and watched any of the actual reporting, but if a person on Fox News says, in today's news, uh, Sidney Powell filed a lawsuit alleging that Dominion did blah, blah, blah. If, if you're reporting what someone else is doing or saying, I, I don't think Dominion gets anywhere. But if someone like Sean Hannity is up there saying, well, you know, Dominion, you know, if he's making direct accusations, Dominion did this and Dominion knew that the software was bad and Dominion participated in corrupting the data. If they're making direct statements that accuse Dominion of bad conduct, they, they could get to the point where they have a money damage case. It's just a very high standard with these libel and slander cases uh, when Dominion is looking for damages. Um, do I think there's a potential that they will hit if it goes to trial? Yes. Do I think this will settle? No, because I think Dominion wants to make a point and to you know drag Fox through it. And if I was Dominion, I'd probably want to do the same because their business was hurt. They yeah. lost contracts. They do this... Um, voting software all over the world literally so you know when this type of reporting comes out they can demonstrate tremendous monetary damages huge um you know far more in terms of monetary damages than let's say sarah palin could have ever shown this is sure. a case that the damages dominion suffered are in the multi 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 million dollar range Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal analyst, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, um, this is a story that we have talked about, and what are we to make of that Pawtucket has now, in fact, settled their suit with these about political science with the ACLU? Well, yeah, it, we, we did talk about this, and clearly when any city or town has these local ordinances that say you can't put up a political sign, you know, you can't put it up – it's got to be within 30 days of the primary or different towns have had different standards. It all violates the first amendment. It all violates free speech. You know, I could put a sign in my front lawn right now saying, you know, whoever the candidate might be so-and-so for president in 2024, and I could leave it in my front lawn for the next two years. And that's free speech. Yeah. I, and if there's any ordinance saying you can't do that, that ordinance is unconstitutional. This is the same thing that's happened in other cities and towns. I think Tiverton had one of these cases, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. There's been about five or six municipalities which have tried to do this, and they lose every time. And in this case, um, the complaining candidates were represented by the ACLU. The ACLU participating attorney was Richard Sinappi, who's an excellent lawyer. Um, he won is there's compensatory damages for these two candidates. I think they each got like 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. 
But then if the ACLU attorney wins, that attorney gets paid for their costs and legal fees. And I think his bill was something in the $18,000 range, which is pretty modest by litigation standards. But when cities or towns lose these types of cases, they pay money damages to the plaintiffs and they pay lots of money to the attorney who represents. So they should have pulled the plug on this a long time ago and cut their losses and not have such a big bill to pay. Now Pawtucket's saying to these two candidates who were both successful, you know, in the interest of good government, we think you should not take your monetary award. It's like, what are you, crazy? Yeah. Too late now. Folks, again, he is our legal analyst. We're going to leave it there, Attorney Tim. Tim, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products. Like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport restaurant thing to the John DePietro show it's AM 1380 99.9 FM remember you can always listen online at our website depietro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's Facebook or YouTube Instagram even TikTok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website depetro.com there's no limit to what you can do outside with your property Folks, call Limitless Outdoors today, 401-580-1852. Get a free quote and let them go to work to show you how you could use all of your outdoor living space. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways. They did a fantastic job with my steps. How about an outdoor kitchen or landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavations, Limitless Outdoors and also inside. Limitless Outdoors could also offer indoor stone veneer services. Update your indoor fireplace or kitchen. Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote 401 580 1852. Look for them on Facebook or call 401 580 1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream, build, enjoy. Get the most of your property both inside and out. 401-580-1852, Limitless Outdoors, based in Smithfield, Rhode Island. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028, whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck at service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, 
Let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. To the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, dePietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live, or YouTube or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, dipetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, dipetro.com. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. The Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. <music> 